All right, then. Welcome to Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico, and joining me is... Scotty Hertz. Adam, are the fireworks the same up your way that you just hear all this noise, but you don't actually see anything? Oh, no, I saw fireworks on Monday and Sunday and Saturday. (laughs) And Friday night and Friday afternoon. No, there were none on Friday, but definitely on Saturday night because I was I went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy, oh. and then I was coming home and somebody was setting off fireworks. I think in the Lafarge site because that seemed to be where they were coming from. Good open space, I guess. It is a good open space, and they cut down all the trees, which makes it easier to set off fireworks. Except that old oak, better not burn that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was better than last year when they were setting off fireworks in the Hydro Corridor by the Hanlon. Hmm. Um, so I guess, I guess the message got out to not do that. So we're making progress. (laughs) Slow but sure. (laughs) Uh, slow but sure is the catchphrase of some of the issues we cover on the show. But anyway, open source is a CFRU's political and current affairs discussion show. And you can find us here every Thursday at 5 PM as we talk about the latest news items from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, and around the world. And we sometimes interview local newsmakers and politicians, which this week will be Ashlyn Clancy, who is a Kitchener City Councilor, and she is now the Green Party candidate for the upcoming Kitchener Centre provincial by-election. She's going to tell us what she thinks, uh, or how she thinks, rather, how she thinks she will end up being the third leg of a regional Green Party milk stool between her and the Mikes. And we'll also talk about her concerns about Waterloo region in the wake of uh, some of the other news we'll be discussing. That's going to be at the bottom half of the hour. Before that, we will have a few news items from the last week to discuss, including the Toronto mayor's race. We're now nearly a month out till Election Day, so there's still a lot of time for the 100-some-odd contenders to put a dent in Olivia Chow's lead. Can they do it? Well, we'll see. But first, uh, we have to say goodbye the peel region uh i forgot to queue up near my god to thee but uh <laughs> uh so we'll just have to imagine it's playing um over some lovely bagpipes but uh yeah uh kind of a surprise announcement coming like two weeks before the end of the spring session but steve clark came out last week and said hey peel region no more as of january 1st 2025 uh Future Ontario Liberal Party leader, probably, likely, Bonnie Crombie, uh, pretty okay with that. Um, it, it was a real, like, three-bear situation because you had Bonnie Crombie, who was for it, Patrick Brown, who was against it, and then uh, the mayor of Caledon, whose name I have lost Annette somewhere in my Groves. Annette Groves, thank you, who was just like, well, I guess I guess Buell Region is over. <laughs> yeah, the press, I, I, you probably saw a part of the little presser there in the... Uh... Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny how she called herself the child of the divorce, which made everybody laugh. Yeah, yeah, she was the winner bit. of that press conference. Yeah, oh, definitely. I'd, I'd never heard of her actually, but they, a lot of uh, you know, a, a light moment considering the heaviness of this because this is huge. And once again, I don't know. It's it starts off with okay, give it a really dumb name, the Hazel McCain Act. They have to do this now. <laughs> yeah, it's still one twelve. They have to incorporate you know in memory of hazel we're gonna do this because she hated peel region i don't know how much she hated peel region i know it was discussed probably from its founding uh people listen to the show know that i'm i grew up in the area i grew up in lakeview south uh, mississauga which is uh i just heard it's getting a 
housing development slammed in that if you know the usual it's oh, just yeah. coming top down from the province like this legislation was it's where the old uh lakeview generating station was which people will remember um that's not really a digression but i'm just saying there's just <laughs> so much top down in this and i my i'm wondering this government and i mean the provincial government doesn't do anything unless there's some sort of net benefit to them or as i've always say and i'm sticking with this it mm. pleases the friends this stuff doesn't come from nowhere right mm. and i know they'll call the his mccallan act and they'll say everybody's for it bonnie Mc bonnie crombie very for it but mm. now that she's uh doug ford talking about bonnie crombie he, he sounded a little bit he wasn't just you know trying to do the political thing he sounded a bit shaky when trying to say you know, why is she, why is she running for this it, it's almost as if i did see some traffic trying to say that they were doing this to appease her so she wouldn't run for the liberal leadership i don't know yeah. how true that is but yeah i mean that's the only explanation i can think of because this is a pretty big present to her on the eve of her of her announcing her leadership run um and that's kind of the only explanation i can think of it's like well wouldn't you rather be like the mayor of like the newly independent you know big city mississauga we're gonna give you some strong mayor powers too and and then maybe she doesn't want to be liberal leader where she has to think about everywhere in the province and uh because otherwise it's like she can go she can now go around and like her campaign it's like well look like i'm a mayor who can get stuff done look at i got stuff out of doug ford look at this even your your beatified hurricane hazel couldn't get it done so it's yeah. you know it's it, otherwise it's, it's just a bizarre thing to do yeah, and it's like it affects so much. So the dynamic is that, or the how they it, it's been presented, which is true that Mississauga has been paying the most in the relationship. Mm -hmm. So Mississauga, due to its massive growth over that, uh, Mississauga and the region of Peel were created at the same time, 1974. Prior yeah. to that, it was a, an amalgamation of many tiny towns, of which Lakeview was one. <laughs> and those of us that are a little bit older still go by the old names, kind of like, you know, Hespler, Galt, you name it, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's massive now. It's way more massive than it was then. M Mississauga, due to its growth, and not not due to tax increases, because, you know, they haven't really done that. They're going to have to yeah. start. Maybe, yeah. you know, that could be part of the reason why uh, Bonnie Crumby would leave. But anyway, they, they've been shouldering most of the responsibility. And it includes, I don't think people realize this either, Peel Regional Police, which people know of, the mm -hmm. water supply, garbage collection, paramedics, and uh, public health, yep. long-term care. And long-term care was hit so hard, as we know, during COVID there. Like, some of the worst casualty numbers in long-term care places was in Mississauga and Peel region. Uh, and the social programs and housing. So this is – and housing, I think, is the key. Mm -hmm. Because what was the previous – what was it better – Strong mayor, better homes, or I, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow the name, but again, a, a, a <gasps> mindless name for something that's like, but the, it's not mindless in that they're telling you exactly what they want. Stronger yeah. mayor powers, and we want more housing. But there's if, been there's been like 115 bills in like the last eight months, so yeah. it, it, it there's probably a strong mayor, better homes bill somewhere. <laughs> but my suspicions are in the unwinding of all of this, and mm. it has to be delegated out to the three: Mississauga, Brampton, and Caledon. Mm. How much of that is going to go private? Yeah. Or some other, I think that's what it's about. That's, I haven't really heard anything about that, but, I, you know, reviewing it in my mind, it's like, because you need to, you know, they're obviously not going to, like, it's not going to be like the Berlin Wall between <laughs> Mississauga and Brampton and then the roads, or they're going to, we're going to cut your water off. 
Mm-hmm. But there's just such a short time frame. January 1st, 2025 is not that sounds like it's a long way away. It's not that far away. It's a year do, and a half. To do this much work, right? So yeah. it's like, what the hell are you thinking? Yeah, and th- th- that was kind of the most shocking thing in all of this, too, was that he makes this announcement. I'm like, okay, they must have like a plan. No, there's no plan. They're going to have a five, they're going to appoint a five person panel at some point to oversee this. And it's like, well, who's on, who's going to be on the panel? Like, what are the qualifications to be on the panel? Um, th- that That's still up in the air. I had a look at, you know, well, how's this going to affect something like school, um, school district? Because there's a Peel school district. There's actually two, two Peel school districts, the Catholic and the separate. So how does this, you know, are you still going to be paying your taxes to the Peel district school board and the peel catholic district school board and yeah the police is a big one it's you know peels kind of like a massive region although interestingly the 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 biggest land area is caledonia caledonia is the biggest piece of peel land wise speaking although it has like 76 77,000 people in it um but yeah public health is another big one like do, do you split up Peel public health or is still like is is there still going to be like a a ghost peel region where you, where it's like reflected in all these things with the health unit like maybe it doesn't nec- make necessarily make sense for Mississauga to have a whole health unit unto itself and the same with Brampton but I mean these are huge questions that I was researching today I couldn't find an answer for and mm-hmm. I'm like like this is again to make to detach myself to your point this is like 17 months away it yep. sounds like a long time but it's 17 months away they are unwinding the political fate of what is it one and a half million people in yeah, 17 it's, yeah, months it's pushing that for sure yeah so like come on and you're you're right it, it, it's going to be a lot to figure out and, and like this is the big stuff like do you have three separate you know public health of three new health public health authorities now do you have three new school districts do you have three new police forces do you have three water and service things that doesn't even get down to like what, what patrick brown is pushing for it's like well how much money has like how much money funding has gone to brampton from mississauga taxpayers or vice versa i mean you're, you you make the point that you know a lot of this money has gone up or i guess downstream from mississauga to the other two municipalities patrick brown is thoroughly convinced that mississauga owes brampton money which apparently there's no proof of at all um but i mean that's that's gonna be a fight if patrick brown's out there like first round going like look brampton's gotta get paid like we put so much money into mississauga i mean i don't have any proof but like write me a check doug ford i'm 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 also not entirely convinced at this point that this wasn't another you know, F you to Patrick Brown from Doug Ford. <laughs> it does. It has a hint of that for sure. Yeah. He just it dislikes him so thoroughly that it's, it wouldn't be surprising. It, 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 yeah. It's because it was dropped on them. So suddenly, although mm-hmm. it was always kind of brewing off in the distance, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Brown's numbers, there are, as you said, there are no numbers. It's sort of back of the napkin stuff. It's like, well, you know, we're going to be out this much. And Caledon is, is the great, undiscovered country in terms of housing yeah which i think is what it's going to come down to but is it going to be dropped on caledon to just okay you're you're going to put because they exist at the mercy of Mm -hmm. 
uh, and by the whim of of Queen's Park and whatever they want, all municipalities, Toronto, whatever. That's just how it works. They can impose anything on them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not just this. This is they're trying to. There is real. There's no soft pedal in this. It's like, okay, this is what's going to be. But as Ford said, this is just the beginning because it's there's been hints of yes. new and other areas. Like we're gonna we're gonna do the same thing, and it's so great. Put it this way: if Doug Ford is telling you this is great, it probably isn't. <laughs> there may be elements of it that are like, oh, okay, well, you know, we, we can work with that. If he tells you this is the best thing, in my opinion, there's something else going on. And that that will all come out in the wash, like a year or two, or how they'll ne- they're never going to untangle all of this by that deadline. It's just not happening. Well, the thing with the the other regions is interesting because when I when I read that part of of the announcement, it's like, well, we're also going to review York region and Halton region and Waterloo region. You get a car, yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, didn't we do this already? Wasn't there a big thing like right at the beginning of the first term to to look at? regional governments and there was they appointed ken sealing the longtime chair of waterloo region and michael fenn and they interviewed like a thousand people in all of these municipalities and then he delivered a report and then nothing like literally nothing happened with that report and i I talked to uh a professor from western andrew sanctin about this for the for the other podcast this week and he's like well it's it just kind of it, it kind of was kind of put in a drawer somewhere and he said he had tried to do an foi about it um he thinks that it was recommending amalgamations all over the place so you, you know to, i guess to borrow a, a, a 90s phrase creating mega cities um <laughs> which no like you, you mentioned cambridge before Cam- like you'll find people in cambridge who still bitch and moan about amalgamation and that happened 50 <laughs> years ago this is the 50th anniversary of cambridge this year and there are yeah. people who are celebrating by like i don't live in cambridge i live in galt you anyway it's you know they're this is all in the effort, like we're trying to get rid of government waste and duplication. It's like, well, we're we're committing more du- government waste and duplication because we're doing this process all over again. And are they doing a process in search of the answer that they want to have? I don't know, and I don't know what that answer is. Do they want to amalgamate, or do they want to, you know, get just get rid of regional governance in their entirety and, you know, have a standalone Kitchener and standalone Waterloo? And I mean, that's that's going to be a big change and again i i the thing i don't understand is how does this get more housing how does rewriting the rules of how these municipalities are government get to us get us to more housing at least in the short term and we desperately need housing in the short term well because i think if they as i said if they trash it yeah then the province can impose whatever they want yeah that's just how it works they can, they can install whatever mayor they want they can they, they have these powers they just don't do it because this is kind of unwritten agreement that, you know, well, we have this process so we'll go with that. Mm. I don't know if it'll come down to that, but like I said, if this, you know, if they're saying this is fantastic, it probably isn't, but I mean, who came up with the region appeal? Mm-hmm. Bill Davis Tories. Who came, whose suggestion were those amalgamations, which Cambridge was one, Mississauga was another back in the day. It was under the Bill Davis Tories. Mm-hmm. The region of Peel served its purpose back then because it was so spread out. I mean, even when I was growing up there, there's still like working farms. Yeah. So if you're trying to build infrastructure in a larger distance, this is how you do it. it I mean, you just, they had to, there's no option. I mean, there was one of the old ideas was the city of Peel. It's like, you know, one day in the future, this will all just be one big city and we'll all have flying cars or whatever. I don't know. But <laughs> this kind of, this the talk isn't new, but it's it's the dropping it on you know, dropping into the middle of everything. Yeah. And such a short timeline is like, there's, there are, we're, 
we're going to be talking about this again. There's, there's going to be problems. Yeah, and speaking of talking about it again, uh, we're going to catch up with Toronto's mayor's race, although not much has changed. I think the last time we talked about this, it was before Olivia Chow jumped in, but even then she was the front runner. She's still the front runner. Uh, closest competition are um, Matt Saunders, the um, former Toronto police chief, and Josh Matlow, who is uh, currently on Toronto City Council. Uh, they are tied for second, and then you have Mitzi Hunter and Anna Bilo and Brad Bradford kind of racing behind and pretty close races for third. It does seem like it's Olivia Chow's race to lose. Um, and that's kind of been the tone in the debate. The big question mark is, uh, according to this forum research poll, about one in five voters are undecided. Mm. So that if, if you know, you're watching some of these de- debates and there's a lot of debates this week as we're recording, there's one on, city tv tonight there's a tv one on thursday night um you're probably going to see a lot of the candidates sort of play it safe by not going after olivia chow too hard because they're trying to look um you know there's still a pretty big margin of voters to get with uh well presumably with good policy ideas which uh a lot of ambitious policy ideas i'm not sure if they're good policy ideas but uh anyway olivia chow mayor olivia chow maybe that would be it, that would be big, it but sounds yeah. like it, and that that's the challenge with this kind of thing is that we really only have. I know we talk about polls, poll schmoles. I think is the common, but <laughs> in, a, in a case such as this, it's really difficult to try and divine, yeah, who is ahead, especially with well with 102. But of course, you can chop off at least 50 or 60 of those, no problem. Although I, I you know I appreciate they want to be part of the de- democratic process, mm-hmm. up to and including Molly the rescue dog, who's my personal favorite. Uh, I don't even know the name of Molly's owner, but the uh, last... you know, reducing salt on the roads. I mean, that's yeah, not a, that's not a hurts bad cause. Like that's yeah. a good policy. And as you were saying about, pol- <laughs> like, I don't know how many of these folks have rock solid policy ironed out. You can see the, the split is easy to see. You've got Sanders and company and Anthony Fury talking about, bike. we're going to get rid of all the bike lanes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I saw one Mark Saunders was talking about, he doesn't like pollinator gardens. Like, dude, <laughs> come on. <laughs> this is, this is your policy. And it's not just that there's, they're leaning a lot into safety. There's the safety side of the equation because of everything that's been going on with the TTC mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. town. And even though they'll say up and down, it's like, well, it's not as bad as it used to be. The main problem with the TTC is it doesn't work very well and people are stuck mm-hmm. and it takes three or four hours to get anywhere, including Scarborough, which is actually one of the debates. There was three debates on Wednesday. I don't know how they do it. Mm-hmm. Morning, noon, and night. There are debates. Yeah, Jamming right. them all in, I guess, before election day. It's, and yeah, I want, a good question would be, the first question they should ask them when they get to Scarborough is like, well, how did you actually get here? Yeah. How did you get across? Even from downtown, it's just a long, long, that's a great point. Yeah. So that's that's one of the key issues, and of course, homelessness, infrastructure, throwing throwing out all kinds of plans. Um, Olivia Chow's one about actually building public housing. It would. It sounds like the only person that has like the classic booklet is Matlow. Mm-hmm. He has a plat like a a costed platform, whereas. A lot of the other ones are just kind of throwing throwing stuff out there. And I didn't know this. Uh, you've heard of Chloe Brown, mm-hmm. an act, well-known activist in Toronto. I didn't know she came third the last time. Mm-hmm. But she's she's not even... I don't know if she's been to any of the debates. I don't think so. And um, 
No. What's his name? Poor um, Kevin. I, I think he may be a listener. Kevin actually. Clark, yeah. Kevin Clark. Uh, there was an incident, unfortunate, at the uh, debate about uh, at the food bank. Yeah, the Daily Bread debate, yeah. Yeah, so that that got a little bit of traction there. But mm-hmm. yeah, so it's like with debates, debates, endless. Um, and I guess they're just drawing a line as to who goes to them via the polls, I suppose, right? I've never... Yeah, it's usually the six. So it's it's Chow, Matt Lowe, Saunders, Hunter, uh, Bradford, and Bilo. Um, although Saunders didn't go to the Daily Bread debate. No, know your market, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so three of three of those are counselors, right? Matlow, Blau, and Bradford. Mitzi Hunter mm-hmm. was liberal and stepped down. Mm-hmm. Provincial, right? MPP, yeah. Mark Saunders, ex police. So, and everybody's been in the fold. And Olivia Chow was a counselor for years and years, and an mm-hmm. NDP uh, MP, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the 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 seasoned people, that's whether you like their politics or not, are at the top. I would probably I might exclude Saunders from that because he hasn't actually been. He does a lot of talking about, oh, I know politicians, this politicians that that never works. That yeah. never works. The yeah. I'm not a politician shtick does not work. So, yeah, that's always more of an American thing. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I what what I find interesting is in, in the in sort of the history of the amalgamated Toronto we've had. Uh, what's his name? Bad boy, Mel Lastman. Um, I'm not saying he was a. I'm not saying he was a bad boy, although you know, personal life wise, yeah. Um, but he he was the founder of the bad boy furniture chain. Uh, but you get you get Mel Lastman, you get um, David Miller, you get Rob Ford, you get John Tory. Mm-hmm. One of those, one of those four was like there was like one certifiable lefty. Um. And it was David Miller. And yeah, there was like some scandal. Like uh, there was a garbage strike when he was mayor. And I think it was in 2009. Cause I remember working in Toronto at the time and dealing with the oh, garbage yeah. strike. Yeah. Um, but uh, aside from that, which, you know, that's one of those things where it, it was kind of com- outside of his control, but there was no personal scandal, right? He kind of left office. Like he left the field. <laughs> like nobody pushed him off the field. The other three were kind of pushed off the field. So at the at the end of the day, it's like, who might be best set up for like success, um, to deal with like sort of these hairy times? Maybe it's not going to be one of these like middle of the road centrist type, and you definitely kind of have like people like, uh, you know, Bonnie Crombie, although she's not running for mayor of Toronto, she uh, she was like talking about like, oh, we really need someone who's like center right, is like fiscally responsible, but a little socially like little liberal, yeah. and like I don't know how much that stuff sells, but. I, I have a feeling that's not going to be what, or that's not kind of what's turning on this election. So I, I feel like that's one of the things that's working out to Olivia Chow's advantage. You, you do have Josh Matlow who's kind of on that side too, which is why I find it so interesting. They, they don't seem to be, well, I mean, she's way ahead of mm-hmm. him, but they aren't kind of marauding each other's support so that somebody like a Saunders can, or, or a, Bradford can kind of come up the middle. It, it really does seem like Toronto's like, okay, we've had like 10 years of this like center normie business fiscal <laughs> dude. And on top of it all, yeah. you have this new the news this week that, you know, uh Jennifer McCowan, the the current deputy mayor who's who's kind of managing things, she's like, mm-hmm. everybody in Toronto, write your MP so that so so they can give us money to cover our two hundred and 
$35 million budget shortfall for 2023. And it's like, this, this is like, keep in mind, this was John Tory's last budget. John Tory goes out the door and leaves like a $235 million hole that he had his fingers crossed that the feds or the province would help him cover. So, mm. you know, I, I think when you look at it that way, it's a little hard to swallow that uh, what the city needs right now is someone who's fiscally, cons- I'm, I'm using finger quotes right now, but you can't see, fiscally <laughs> conservative and socially liberal. So it, oh, Chris Guy's Bitcoin initiative will probably fix it, right? If he gets, if he gets the job. Hey, hey, he's thinking outside <laughs> the box. Well, that is, that is true. He's actually in the box and it's taped yeah. shut. But anyway, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think this is going to be a little bit of a referendum on the Ford government. It's unavoidable because yep. yep. he, he's insisting that he's going to stay out of it, but he keeps chiming in such yeah. as if we're going to lefty in there. We're screwed or whatever he said. <laughs> it's like, right. Okay. I'm not going to say anything, but we're going to lefty. Uh, uh, we're screwed. And yeah, he had that, that, trying not to say that Saunders was his guy, but he actually said, you know, we need somebody. He he stopped short of saying, we need somebody who ran a police force. Yeah. yeah. His friend who was responsible for the uh, Ontario place. You know, we talk about patron, they talk about patronage appointments so much, right? Mm-hmm. You have to remember too, this is a by-election. Yep. Notoriously low turnout. This yep. time, I think it might be a little bit higher. I was trying mm-hmm. to, I could not find, I don't think there's ever, has there ever been a by election for the mayor of Toronto? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. But I think it may. But generate... Municipal by elections are kind of rare as they, as it is. Yeah, now. yeah. People just uh, stick around until the next one. But it's yeah. So I, I don't know if it's all of this is a bit unprecedented. So we'll see. But I, I, um, yeah, I can't see it generating, you know, super high percentages. And that's the thing. Whoever went, whoever usually wins the mayor of Toronto, it's resounding. And then second and third are like, well, like I said, I didn't know that Chloe Brown would come in third the last time. But And uh, going back to Mississauga just for a second, was it Kevin J. Johnson, who we don't talk about too much anymore, was second in the Mississauga race last time, right? Mm-hmm. Yikes. So th- that's usually how it goes. I don't think there'll be anybody in the, you know, the Chris Skies won't be charting too high this time. But No, he's, his campaign kind of crashed after, you know, people saw the food handling at his oh. campaign launch yeah but that's another Thanks. story speaking of sticking <laughs> around though uh we got an interview coming for you after the break it's with ashlyn clancy who's running for the green party in kitchener center stay tuned for that you are listening to open sources guelph you're on cfru 93.3 fm cfru.ca guelph campus and community radio number one on the current CFRU chart. That was Feist. She's back. <laughs> the album's called Multitudes and the song is Song for Sad Friends. 
Mm-hmm. So don't be sad, friends, because because we're here. I think I played a Feist song on end credits a couple of weeks ago. That seems I believe familiar. it's a very strong hints of a pandemic album of which lots are emerging. So yeah, this is everyone's the pandemic's over. So everyone's releasing their <laughs> pandemic homework. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Memories of pandemic could be a new sauce from President's Choice or something. Memories of the pandemic. <laughs> it's it's like five or five or six things that are in the fridge all mixed together. <laughs> That's right. Tartar Expired. sauce, tartar sauce, Caesar salad dressing, ground up baby aspirin, and yeah, off you go. <laughs> Sounds delish. Um, no recipes with uh, our interview this week. Uh, our our interview subject is Ashlyn Clancy. You may not know her. Uh, she is a Kitchener City Councilor. I believe she covers Ward 10. Uh, she was elected last fall for the first time, but now she has her sight set on Queens Park. She has won the nomination of the Green Party in Kitchener Center. If that sounds familiar, it's because Kitchener Center is the writing belonging to a friend of the show, Mike Morris. He is the federal representative for Kitchener Center. He's also a Green Party member. So... Ashlyn thinks she's pretty well set. She's got two mics in her corner. Uh, Mike Morris, of course, and uh, here in Guelph, Mike Schreiner. Uh, it is going to be a by-election. There, no date has been set yet, but she is the first candidate out of the gate. So we thought, hey, let's call her up, have her on the show, talk about green stuff, talk about running in a by-election, talk about uh, you know Waterloo stuff, because as we said at the beginning of the show, Waterloo is... Uh, potentially going to get some changes depending on what review recommendations are made in the next round of, of regional government reviews. So all of this stuff makes Ashlyn Clancy someone very interesting to talk to, and we did talk to her. So we're going to press play on that interview starting right now. Ashlyn Clancy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, why don't we begin by, I mean, you're probably not uh, familiar to uh, Guelphites for people in the range of the the physical transmitter that still broadcasts out over the airwaves. But uh, for people in Guelph who may not know you, who who is Ashlyn Clancy, and uh, and uh, how are you running for the? How did you end up running for the Green Party? <laughs> Good question. Um, yeah, I think anyone who drank the green Kool Aid, you know, I say. Um... We, I got into uh, climate lobbying with Citizen Climate Lobby and just really felt that that was a great way for me to um, push that needle towards sustainability. So I was writing op-eds and working with our local chapter, Waterloo Region CCL, and also with Shift Action, uh, a divestment group. And yeah, just really enjoyed that. And then when Ford got elected the first time, I'm a school social worker and I was cut back to part time because they thought that um, he would cut um, youth mental health funding that we had at the time. So I went, I had heard about Mike Morris, our local MP, now MP, and this was before his office came about in 2019. I, I know Asha, his campaign manager, and I said, I have 20 hours for you because I <laughs> needed to be the yin to the yang, right? So I got I got heavily involved in the campaign and his second campaign as well and just really um, 
kind of felt mobilized and energized and charged. It was a great antidote to my angst and my anxiety and worry about the planet and all things in equity. So yeah, I, I did a lot and it was just great to, to vote in our first green MP. Mm-hmm. And then when Ford won again, uh, this past spring, I decided to run for municipal politics. So I, um, I started my campaign I mean, almost quickly after the the spring election, provincially, and uh, I am now a city councillor and a social worker, a school social worker. So we also do part time work and part time council. So won that won that election in the fall, and then you you know the story. The day after the election, Bill mm-hmm. Twenty Three came out. So. Um, you know, that was a blow. And since then, it's been a constant barrage of changes and rule book throwing out and rewriting the rules in a way that really um, didn't mesh with my vision for what I was doing municipally. So when Laura May Lindo, our MPP, stepped down, I thought I should, you know, take my voice uh, up and um, see if we could go green. Uh <laughs> Uh, provincially in Kitchener Center. Yeah. You mentioned um, the impact of, of Bill 23. And, you know, I, I sit in the city council meetings here and I, I see how Guelph is, is dealing with that kind of firsthand. Um, I wonder from your perspective, um, how has Bill 23 changed the job you thought you were elected to do last fall? I think it, it's me. It's impactful and it's also symbolic. Um, just kind of the lack of collaboration with cities about, like we have. We you might know that our regional official plan got rewritten uh, in the regional Waterloo. Um, you know, I I'm worried about the planet. Like the green belt matters to me. Uh, I you know we seeing our conservation authority get undermined. Um, the expansion of sprawl like really wasn't the vision that we had here and I don't believe in in sprawl I think I've talked to farmers locally and they're noticing an immediate a direct impact on the ability of their grandkids and kids to or young people to get into farming so you know I don't think we can eat money um, also the definition like I, I I really campaigned a lot on my I'm being an advocate for affordable housing and um, and and support for homeless folks. And, um, you know, they define affordability as 80% of market rent, which, mm-hmm. you know, for a two bedroom for folks who don't realize that's probably around $2,500 in Kitchener. And that's not affordable for an apartment. Anyone on ODSP makes about 1200. So yeah, just uh, and and then inclusionary zoning. So even maxing out how much we can require developers to build that's affordable. So we really haven't seen. Uh, yeah, it's been it's had a negative impact on what I was hoping to work on locally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about politics for a minute. Um, you, you're coming into a situation where uh, you, you you can sort of build off the success of other green politicians we've of course got mike schreiner here in guelph you have mike Woo-hoo. morris <laughs> here and uh in in your writing working at the federal level um what lessons are, are you sort of taking from the two mics in terms of like building uh, electoral success in, in in your writing yeah i already have you know that i think that was helpful uh, in my municipal campaign to have all that experience um 
Yeah, I think I what I just said at Adore recently was Greens work twice as hard to get elected, but then you get a person who works twice as hard. And I don't mean that other politicians don't work hard. There's lots of hardworking politicians, but I think the proof's in the pudding that um, as Greens, we can work across party lines. We don't get our votes whipped, you know, so I think I can truly speak for Kitchener Centre residents and I can be collaborative to make sure action, you know, though we're a minority, uh, we can work across party lines to push action forward. And, you know, I asked Mike Schreiner, you know, like, do you feel like you're making a difference? You know, you're one vote. And he said, you know, we wrote a housing plan and within a week people were ripping off and duplicating or like, you know, adopting that language, adopting those targets, taking on that um, those messages like we really put a lot of sweat into making good policy and then let's share it right like um, I don't mind if people adopt a good idea in other political parties and I think that's the green uh, real advantage to greens is that you know we can speak authentically we can stick our necks out and we can also fairly represent our constituents I wonder in the case of of Mike Morris specifically um you know, Mike Schreiner is able to get he's a party leader, so he's able to get his share of attention. And, you know, f for pretty much the last year, he was kind of the only elected party leader in the in the legislature. I, 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 I imagine Merritt Stiles would have some disagreement with my take that he was kind of the official opposition leader for a period of time. But that seemed to be the way he's being treated. Um, But, you know, Mike Morris, on the other hand, you know, he's in a bigger a uh, bigger, I guess, government body, uh, you know, he's 336 others. Um, has he had, from your point of view, like an impact on, in terms of the way Kitchener voters are, uh, like, are they seeing the impact of having a Green MP as opposed to if they'd sent like another liberal to, to office or a, even a conservative member? A hundred percent. You know, I... I haven't met a constituent that said, I called and I emailed and nobody got back to me. You know, like he takes his job so seriously. He's very visible. He's very vocal. And I mean, uh, we've had, you know, yes, we don't always get uh, a motion passed on the first go, but nobody ever does per se. Like, I mean, of course, the majority parties have more luck in that regard, but he's been a fierce advocate for the disability benefit, for example. And uh, we've seen amazing progress by him in getting that moving you know and you know it's not it's like so close to the finish line right uh getting it into the budget but i i see him speak like he pushes back he's vocal he's holding the government accountable he's responsive to his constituents he's highly visible he's at at all of the events making sure he's connected to what matters to people in kitchener center so i admire him very much and he's very hard working and i think people appreciate that in terms of your race, then, uh, you are the first declared candidate, um, or at least the very one, the first one who's kind of acclaimed. So the Green Party slot on on the ballot whenever the by-election happens is, is kind of set. Why was it important for you to sort of be the first one out of the gate? I think Greens want to give themselves enough runway. We, we uh, Mike's goal was to knock on every door. And that was my goal during the municipal election you know, connect with as many people as we can. So, you know, that's a pretty huge uh, goal. We have 45,000 doors in Kitchener Center uh, about. So I think uh, 
people admire that we're out first, that we try to, like, I think people find that when they can connect with the elected official, I'm not hiding behind advertisements or in an office. I'm, I'm walking the streets and the sidewalks and trying to meet with people and listen to what matters to them. So that's, that's been a goal for me locally. And also, you know, uh, uh, an effort that I've picked up from Mike Morris. Any concern about election fatigue? There were two elections last year and <laughs> people yeah. are always reticent about get, having to get up off the couch to go to the polling place again. I know. Yeah, I think so, for sure. Um, I mean, we have a pretty good, we we really connect with, with voters. You know, um, I think when you make eye contact with someone, you meet them, you have a, a rich conversation that motivates people to show up and vote. We try to keep in touch with people so that we can, you know, make sure we support them to get to the polls, that they know what to do, they know how to get there. So, you know, it's gonna be work for, you know, work that we will focus on to make sure that green voters are able to make it to the polls for sure. All right, well, let's dig into some issues then. Um, obviously the big news last week, that uh, the Ford government is dissolving Peel region at, uh, you know, instead of a Peel region, we're going to get, you know, single tier municipalities of Mississauga and Brampton and Caledon. Um, there was, I have to say, vague reference to sort of doing a review of, of other regional governments that would include Waterloo. Um, do you have any concerns about, well, I guess concerns about number one, like doing the review, but uh, are there any concerns, and maybe these are also constituents' concerns about, you know, dissolving Waterloo Region and setting up independent cities of Kitchener and Waterloo and and potential hazards therein? I mean, my main concern is that it's a collaborative process um, that's data driven, and that we're also thoughtful to, you know, staff who work for the region. You know, I people need a paycheck and a job and not that we, we want to find efficiencies of course and you know streamline processes like um but i think it has to be done in a way that is thoughtful and not i i, I that's my only worry i want it to be unbiased if if is that even possible i'm not sure but you know <laughs> try to stick to to a collaborative process that's data driven in terms of how we can find efficiencies but also thoughtful to the excellent professionals on in city in the city like I every day I go to work and I'm I'm in awe of the talent that we have in our city staff and I'm sure regionally as well you know I've met some many along the way and so I hope that the process would be thoughtful and genuine and um, you know authentic yeah <laughs> how about the other way what if the they, they come back saying you know what maybe we should combine Kitchener Waterloo Cambridge and and call it I don't know KWC the, like I think that's the the other kind of nightmare scenario some people are worried about yeah I think that's my beef with this with this particular provincial government is like even when they changed all the rules on how we do planning and what thing zoning rules are and the planning like the collaboration was sorely lacking and AMO and, um, you know, really spoke up. They were like, not everybody was on the same page about Bill 23. Some cities liked it. Some cities didn't. Some city, you know, and it's not black or white. The, the It's such a broad ranging policy change 
but I think the main criticism is like, where was the collaboration? You know, you're, right. it's a very, um, it's an attitude of like, here you go. And there's not much you can do about it. Even the amendments to our regional plan, you know, it's like, no, I rewrote it and <laughs> you can't appeal. So I think that's my concern. Um, there could be a variety of outcomes, but I feel like you'll get the best outcome when you listen to people and you you know, talk to experts, you look at the impact and you try to think ahead rather than making a knee jerk call. I, I think there'll be one facilitator coming here. People want some certainty. I, right. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Like we're talking lots of but like big budget money. Mm. And um, yeah, that's I, I that's my worry is like it's not so much the outcome. Of course, I I love the city of Kitchener and, you know, <laughs> the council and the team we have. So I, I'm, I don't know. It's hard to speculate what the impact would be. But I think that just the general theme of of a here you go approach instead of what do you think what would what would work and not work approach right, right? you can throw the baby out with the bathwater when you knee jerk into some rapid overarching changes and that's um really my concern right a lot of this of course is being done in the name of you know accelerating housing development that is and you can correct me if i'm wrong but that's kind of more the portfolio of the city of kitchener and not so much the region of waterloo right so they have a planning department um, right. and they have some roads and we have some roads. Um, yeah, we have a big planning department and we do a lot of change, zoning changes and bylaw amendments and things like that. Um, yeah, so we have a lot coming our way, but, you know, the province has kind of clipped our wings a little bit on what we have influence over, mm. especially in the past since the Bill 23. Um, yeah. So I but there are two planning departments um, and they are in charge of different things, different, right. um, different adjustments. Yeah, I, I guess one of the things I'm getting at is for, from your point of view and, and, you know, the last, you know, several months you've been in city council. Um, I guess how if there was to be that sort of wholesome consultation you're talking about, like, how can we change governance to make it easy for city councils to get housing projects going what what would your advice be in terms of how you you would change your job as a city councilor or change the job of of the city of kitchener um you know i i think we're in the midst of working on some adjustments to kind of streamline things like uh i i was just chatting with a constituent who was talking to me about the different uh you know uh, details that you need when you're doing a renovation or a build and you know mm -hmm. how the electrician electrician had to come back a few times and the gas fitter had to come back a few times and they had to do this differently and that differently. And he was finding it a bit tiresome. So, and I also feel like there's developers that we know have produced quality work and then others that are new. So um, it's such a broad range of folks who are building, you know, there's somebody who's at it for their first time and somebody who's been doing this for decades people building towers versus somebody adding a granny suite to the back mm. um i think you want to make sure that you know we can build good things and we're not causing harm but you want to create some efficiencies for folks who've been doing this a long time and and know what they're doing and don't need the hand holding so i think that's the work that's happening at the moment in our planning department is trying to 
to create different pathways for different kinds of builders. So, and and that's what I wish that the province would come and talk to us about. I think they, I mean, a lot of, some of the things in Bill 23 were Kitchener ideas, you know, let's get right. rid of development charges for affordable housing and so on, right? Um, like, uh, yeah, I would appreciate if they came and had a chat about that because I, I people are actively working on this very thing and, mm. And, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to have that recognition, right? <laughs> I, I do want to tap into your experience as a social worker, too, because I know Mike Schreiner's talked about this a lot, about um, the, the, the mental health stresses on, on young people, but also on teachers dealing with stressed young people. And so this is like something you have firsthand knowledge dealing with, I guess, from your experience, like where's wh what, what's the gap right now and, and how can that be addressed in terms of sort of immediate need? um at, at at Ontario schools yeah I like um I've been a school social worker for 11 years just quit <laughs> to do this but um yeah big time right I think we haven't really we didn't get ahead of the impact of kids having phones in their beds in their pockets in their backpacks so I think uh kids aren't they're struggling to focus they're struggling to sleep their social lives have changed um incredibly there's a big impact on mental health covid had a big mental impact on mental health let alone the tech dependence that i think has really exploded we're mm. noticing a huge explosion of um of kids not attending you know dropping out of classes i was working specifically most recently with kids who left the school system and mm. had dropped out so and I don't think our service, like, there's a lot of gaps in our service provision, right? Like, um, we have a two-tier system, right? Which I think Greens are really against. You know, we know that it's not cheaper. It's not more effective and efficient to have a two-tier system. That mental health is health care. And even in our, like, and I think when it goes untreated or when kids aren't able to access support, we notice there's been a huge, I had a chat with a constituent today about the impact of the poison drug stream on young people and right. noticing that in our child and adolescent psychiatry in our Grand River Hospital. So, yeah, I think there's huge gaps. I think uh, we've like, the, um, you know, there's a lot of we could do to protect young people from different um, vulnerability, our way of using technology, you know, and even the misogyny on a lot of different media platforms is really mm. harmful like pornography uh, mm. kids are accessing it earlier more readily and it's more violent than it's ever been mm. um, choking is a new norm so we, we've we're trying to address uh, the impact of choking at our local hospitals so you know there's a lot of people might not realize about what's going on for young people and I think there's a lot we could do to to kind of create some harm reduction um, make mental health care public and accessible and um, and fill in those gaps like Cambridge for example there's almost very little free accessible uh, unless you are on social assistance mm. um, it's really difficult to access um, mental health supports Kitchener we're a bit more fortunate but you know you kind of get the further you get away from the hub of Kitchener the mm. more challenging it is to find accessible um affordable counseling just to name one thing and i think our addiction 
our addiction services are amazing, but I think when it comes to uh, intensive supports and uh, tech support, for example, uh, there's some gaps and I'd like to see that expand. Um. Obviously, I can't let a green candidate go without talking about the environment. Um, I, I think in the last election, and I'm sure a lot of people running in the Green Party would probably agree with this, there there wasn't a lot of room to talk about the environment. Um, do you imagine that you can sort of make that a priority in this election, or is this going to be all about, you know, sort of what's going on at Queen's Park and fighting the housing crisis? You know, where's can can we talk about the environment? hundred percent. Like I think, you know, I'll probably be campaigning on the hottest days we've ever seen. <laughs> right. I'll be yeah. going door to door and saying it's here now. I think the IPCC report just came out to say that we'll hit the 1.5 this in the next five years. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and I, I, I think in my work to become a city councilor and in city council, I'm constantly making the argument that investing in carbon reductions, investing in adaptation is financially the right thing to do, let alone consciously the right, morally the right thing to do. So I think it'll be, it's, I think it's more and more becoming, the alarm bells are getting louder for even folks who weren't considering it before. I have ideas too on like how we can make this happen, you know? Um, but I, I, I feel like Kitchener Center has been having this chat. It matters to them and I'm, I don't feel like locally people are receptive to talking about that and valuing climate justice. So, um, and they, I think I get, you know, recognition uh, in the city for my loud voice and my advocacy on <laughs> sustainability conversations. How can we get there sooner, right? Uh, it is happening. Like we are working locally on district energy, on green development standards, um, I'd like to see more work on like a heat max, you know, mm. um, but yeah, provincially I've talked to our city folks who build our climate action plan and our local sustainability NGOs. And they say, you know, if, uh, we can electrify all day long, but if the grid is getting dirtier, it undermines our targets. So right. it, it just speaks again to why we need action provincially um because natural gas is a fossil fuel so expanding that is a bad idea right now right. it never was good but it's especially wrong now all right well your voice will be put to the test in the next several months but uh for now uh we'll leave it there ashlyn clancy thank you so much for all your time today thank you adam it was a pleasure and please follow up and people can reach out at voteclancy.ca and ask questions or get involved. We have lots of Guelph fights coming our way to uh, help to help make uh, Kitchener Center green to turn Mike Shiner's post of one into a post of two. Okay, so once again, that was Ashlyn Clancy. So she's running for the Green Party. Um, stay tuned for the announcement of the by-election. I believe Laura Maylindo was staying till the end of the spring session. So um, I think they have till December to announce a by-election once she's like sort of formally stepped down. So yeah, good times. Yeah. Never a dull moment in by-election land these days. Wow. <laughs> by-election land. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And uh, I like doing our show, but unfortunately we have run out of time. So you can stay connected to us at our website. That's opensourcesguelph.com. You can find us on Facebook at Open Sources Newswire, and we're on Twitter at OS underscore Guelph. You can listen to the show again by downloading it from our website every Monday at the Guelph Politicast channel on Podbean or through your favorite podcast app. 
like Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, or you can check out my news and politics site at guelphpolitico.ca. And I'm Scotty Hertz on Facebook, Twitter, and Mastodon. Find me on Mastodon. No one's found me yet. And uh, <laughs> if you're listening to us on the FM at our current time, please stay tuned for mm-hmm. the amazing Turtle Island Underground. Indeed, that is one of the many group one of the many great programs that you will hear on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. As for us, we shall return here next Thursday at 5 p.m. for another great edition of the show, Open Sources Guelph, and we will, of course, see you then. Mm-hmm.